Roster Wars. This is Matt of the Riverside Rottweilers. Back at it for episode 15 of the RW Podcast. Um, Going to be a bit of a shorter podcast tonight. There's no Haji um, on his host, and we don't have a special guest this week. Um, but I did want to take an opportunity to just look through some of the matchups um, and kind of get a matchup preview out there because it's championship week, and uh, there's some really exciting games going on. So I thought I'd start by kind of recapping the previous week, um, just because I know, you know, even for myself, I just kind of glanced at the main league scores, and I assume, or I hope maybe the main league guys probably only going to follow the minor leagues, if we're being honest. Um, but just let's hop into a quick recap here real quick uh, of last week before we get into this week's matchups. Um, so the Africans and Melosos, last week I think it was pretty unanimous pick on the Africans. Um, and in fact, I think it was unanimous um, between myself, Haji, and Mike um, of the four winners um, in, in main league. So I think that was the Africans, the Dragons, uh, Goon Squad, and Nightmare. Um, so 400 points, huge performance from Lamar Jackson, and that's only getting eight out of a quarterback. Um, so you're getting a big performance out of, of guys like Kelsey, um, Devontae Adams, of course, Kamara. Mike Davis filling in puts up a, a big points. And then Cameron Curl, I actually didn't realize this. He had almost 40 points right there um, with that pick six that he had. Um, I think it was pretty long, so he gets all the return yards too as well. Um, Tom just never really had a chance in this one. A couple guys putting up single digits. Noah Fank giving you a, a zero there. A um, couple of good performances on the defensive side of the ball, but as, as we said all year, the Africans are kind of in the class of their own um, in the main league here. So easy win by Ian. Um, same story here for the Gators versus Red Knights. Um, I think one of the things we said was just everything would have to go right for the Red Knights um, to, to make a contention here. And that was kind of a similar theme for all of the games, right? Like uh, there was clearly one team better than the other. And we were trying to rationalize, hey, maybe this other team, you know, if this person does this and this player does that, you know, the stars can align and they might be able to pull the upset. Um, but John handled this one pretty easily. Uh, Derrick Henry had like 5 million rushing yards in the first half. Um, and then even added to that too, got up to 36. AJ Terrell with 33. Um, looks like he just made 13 tackles as a corner. Wow, that's kind of insane. Um, didn't realize that big of a performance out of a cornerback, but I'm sure John will take it. Uh, Jeremy Chin putting up some good points as always, and then Ridley, uh, Calvin Ridley with uh, Julio Jones out putting up a good performance. Um, over on the Red Knights side, he's got Kyler and Tannehill kind of holding down his offense. Um, DK Metcalf, uh, a star in the making, man. They just didn't really need him. You know, if they're playing any better of a team than the Jets, you know. Metcalf could have had a crazy performance, but they kind of just put up 40 and, you know, didn't really have to try too hard, um, the Seahawks did. Um, Parker went up a zero. I think he might have gotten hurt um, in the first half. I wasn't watching that game, but, um, again, if, if, if we're going to have the stars align, um, you can't have these single-digit performances. Uh, a couple of really solid performances on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Sheldon Richardson. Nicholas Morrow, who I believe started the year as a third-string linebacker, but has been coming on strong recently. 
Um, and then Antoine Winfield, one of his uh, Buccaneers, um, nice young safety, giving you almost 30 points. So John took care of that one. We'll hop over to what was probably the most exciting matchup in the mean league. Um, here it goes. Uh, that was the matchup between Eric um, and Todd of the Steel Cats. Um, at the end of the day, Todd just couldn't. You know, again, I always look at those lowest performances. Just the guys holding them back. You know, Chase Claypool with the Steelers just looking awful. Um, terrible scheduling spot for the Steelers. Um, I, I'm no by no means a Steelers fan, but uh, I, I just feel bad that they kind of got. You know, it wasn't their fault. The, the COVID was never with them, right? It was always the team that they were playing that, that was having the COVID issues. Um, but the Steelers took the brunt of it at the end of the day. They lost their bye week. Um, it basically got shifted at the last moment. So even though they had a bye week, you know, they prepped all week like they were going to play a game. So they didn't really get to, you know, do the rest and relaxation that you normally would. Um so just a terrible scheduling spot for the Steelers coming off a Wednesday game, having to go play in primetime on a Monday night, I believe it was, um, and, and just a flat spot against the Bills. Um, Michael Gallup, you know, always kind of a hit or miss sort of guy, not getting you the points. And then Evan Ingram, he's on my team as well, just super frustrating <laughs> with these Giants receivers here. The Giants just look terrible after a couple weeks of looking good. Um, so, you know, Derek Carr's big performance, Kareem Hunt, who looked really good. And apparently the Browns like Hunt in the red zone better than Nick Chubb now, which, um, I mean, he, he's been looking good and getting the job done. So that's all you can really ask for. And then the 31 point out, Travis Kelsey, we've seen that twice now. And we'll see it again in the minor leagues as well with uh, the Duffers winning with Kelsey. Um, so, again, just at, at the end of the day, just can't compete against the Goon Squad, who, uh, we all agreed had the more talented team, um, but he took a couple flat sauce as well. Tuit putting up zero, which I believe is very un uncharacteristic of Tuit. I, I usually think that, you know, the Steelers' DNs put up some solid performances. Um, and then Kowski only getting seven, um, the safety getting seven. Um, Deontay Johnson, again, another Steelers receiver putting up eight, and then Aaron Jones just not doing what he normally does. Uh, you got guys like Tyreek. Um, you know, no one guy that really stands out for uh, for Eric here, but uh, solid performances across the board. Um, Debo getting hurt, unfortunately, you know, lowers that a bit, probably a bit closer than Eric would have liked, but uh, he moves on to next week. And finally, our highest scoring matchup in the main league, um, and I think in the minor leagues too, this is the highest scoring of them all, um, between the Nightmare and the Divine here. Um, and again, we all kind of picked the Nightmare to win this one. Um, the Divine put up a solid score, right? This would have beaten, you know, a few of the other teams out there. Uh, but just we talked about those four main league teams kind of being in a class of their own. Um, maybe three if you don't want to put the Goon Squad in there. But um, Greg's team certainly in that class. 437 points is a ridiculous performance. Um, you're seeing, you know, 20-point performances, you know, almost up and down the board here. Um, you know, I don't even know where to start calling out guys' names. Roquan Smith has just been having such a year. Um, did not expect that, you know, but the Bears linebackers, you know, always a good IDP spot. No, it's been a couple of years since we've, since we've seen a good one. Um, 
trying to think in my head who the last linebacker was for the Bears that put up some good IDP that wasn't named Erlacher. Um, drawing a blank on that, but um, Roquan really getting the job done there in Chicago. Um, big performance out of Antoine Winfield. We mentioned his name already. Kenny Moore, I think this is the second time we're seeing him. Jeremy Chin, also the second time we're seeing him. Right, so a couple, couple of good themes here with the guys. Chris Jones, 30 points. Um, offense actually not really getting it done for Eric, um, or, or for Greg, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Lamar Jackson with the, the huge performance on, on the night game. And uh, David Montgomery, who I believe only had like 13 carries, but just went nuts. Let's see if it says here. Oh, my little video screen's blocking it. Hold on. 11 rushes and 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I, I think his touchdown was like a 60 or 70 yard touchdown. Um, so could have had a much bigger performance if, uh, if the Texans weren't so darn bad. Um, again, so not not a ton out of his offense, surprisingly, but um, I guess that's relative to the uh, incredibly crazy defensive performances that you're seeing. Every single IDP on his team scored over 20, except for Isaiah Simmons and Eric Wilson. Um, so that's ridiculous. That's going to get you to the 437. Um, again, on the divine side of things, he had a couple of spot guys putting up some big points. Jabril Peppers, I believe he had a pick. I don't know if it was a touchdown. No, he didn't have a pick. Just kidding. Um, but big performance in Jabril. Stefan Diggs um, looking good in the night game. And then, you know, Chubb, both Browns running backs looked great. Cam Akers looking like the guy there in, in L.A. Um, I, I haven't looked at the snap counts, but uh, I think it's the Cam Akers show. Finally. <laughs> Um, getting out of that Daryl Henderson nonsense. A um, couple of soft points out of his quarterbacks again, but you drop all these single-point single, single point guys in there and combine that with just historic week on defense for Greg. I'd be interested, maybe this is a burn question, what is the highest single-week defensive score? Um, because I believe Greg might be contending this week. Um, so something to look into. Um Certainly, I know we don't keep those records, but um, that was certainly go to Greg this week. We'll hop over to the matchups for this week. Um, again, kind of the four teams left remaining, the final four um, from the conferences here. Um, we got England and uh, England and Atlanta here. Uh, projected England at 379, Atlanta 364. A little surprising because, you know, in my gut, in my heart, it feels like Atlanta has just been the better team all year long. Uh, even in the preseason, I think Atlanta was – they were my number one pick, I believe. Um, but let's see what it's protecting here. Oh, oh, I see. So Darren Waller put up 34 last night in the uh, in the Thursday night game. That's probably boosted his, uh, his projected points quite a bit. So if we uh, – we go back and assume probably Waller was projected, what, 15, 20 points before this game started. Um, that would almost put this at a dead even matchup, which uh, feels about right. Um, Ian going to lose Michael Thomas this week. Going to have to swap him out. Might lose Mike Davis as well. Um, it says doubtful here next to McCaffrey. I haven't um, heard too much about that situation yet. Um, but either way, he gets a starting running back for the Panthers. Um, should put up some good points for him. 
everyone else on his uh, offense is a number one receiver, except for maybe Robbie Anderson. We'll see who can swap in for Michael Thomas down here real quick. Um, missed the chance to swap in Mike Williams, which is probably a good decision. Um, Evan Ingram might almost be the guy, um, despite his terrible performances and his injury. Um, so maybe that would even fall to a, a Jared Cook sort of situation. Um, so you're going to be down one man on offense, which at, at this stage of the game with these, you know, crazy good teams fighting it out, every single one of these uh, players matters. And uh, putting a guy in there that like Jared Cook just, just feels not like the move that you want to be making at this point in the season. Um, hard to analyze the defense, but two very solid defenses for both of these squads. Again, over in John's side of the ball, offense just rock solid, right? Three running backs who are all number one, um, number one backs, or four running backs, um, excuse me, um, who are all number one backs for their teams. Um, Juju and Calvin. Um, Juju's kind of been iffy this year, but um, he's looking all right. And then uh, Calvin Ridley's going to be a number one receiver with Julio out again. And then Mark Andrews, who isn't looking as good as last year, but still looking pretty solid. Um, if I had to pick a winner of this one, um, I don't feel too confident um, about it, being honest with you. Feels like, feels like John might be able to pull this one off. Um, even though all season we're saying, you know, Ian's the guy to beat, it, it just seems like, again, you, you look up and down these rosters and you try to see the guys who are, I always say arrow up or like, you know, guys that you're getting excited about in the moment right now. And sure, Kamara is going to give you a good performance and Cooper Cup's going to get you solid points, but they're not like, they're not the guy right now, right? Someone like Dalvin Cook, you know, going to be a great performance. Derrick Henry is super hot right now, um, and he's playing the Lions. So, you know, they're just going to give him a 100-yard rushing performance, no problem, probably in the first half again. Um, Calvin Ridley, just great performance last week. So it, it just feels like John has more guys to get excited about, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. So I, I would pick John in this one, but uh, – going to be a close one for sure and what should be and what mfl is projecting to be a closer matchup but i think will be not as close of a matchup is the uh nightmare and goon squad so projected only two points apart right now 358 356 slight edge to the nightmare again this is coming off of a 34 point uh Darren waller performance and 28 points out of justin herbert which is just ridiculous um over on Eric's side of things, 15 points from Kukowski and 20 from Hunter Henry, which is <laughs> it's kind of make you feel good getting 20 out of Hunter Henry because he's been kind of up and down all season. Uh, but again, you look at these rosters and uh, you try to find the holes or, you know, what guy is going to let you down? You know, over on Eric's side of things, Curtis Sample might be that guy to let you down on offense. Dallas Goddard, I don't know what I'm getting out of the Eagles right now. Um and again, defenses are always kind of hard to analyze, um, but just a couple of 12 points, 11 point projections for the uh, defensive backs there on Eric's side of things. Um, and then for California, you know, the hole, the glaring hole is Gabriel Davis, um, which again, I have to imagine, unfortunately, Antonio Gibson is, is out for Greg. Um, so losing a solid 20 points right there 
doesn't really have anyone to replace him. Alshon Jeffrey just never came back this season. That, that's besides the point. So he's starting Gabriel Davis. That's probably your glaring hole on offense. Um, and again, you know, who am I to criticize this defense after putting up what I think might be the most points ever scored by a defense in, in a single matchup? Um, so again, I'm going to give this edge, edge to Greg, and I think this game is going to be um, not as close as the uh, as the Africans game that we just talked about. Um, so I see it playing out California versus Atlanta, uh, or California versus uh, England, excuse me. It's been a long day and I already forget who I picked. California, England in the finals. Um, and I think California should have an easy go of it this week. Um, so that is it for the main league. Um, and we are gonna switch over to the minor leagues and kind of do the same thing here. So, and the minor league is actually pretty exciting this year. So um, let's see. So we talked about last week how uh, Jason of the Lemonade called out the Duffers, who we all, I think, sort of agreed. I agreed about it in my head um, that the Duffers were the strongest team in PP. And uh, Jason called him out, and he <laughs> he got what he wanted. He, he took the loss. Um, Duffers with the highest uh, highest scoring performance in PP this week. Um, Jason, you know, even though I think I think Jason should have called out Steel City, and he still would have took the loss. Um, the only way he would have won is if he called out Carla. Um, but uh, but anyway, so Jason Jason going home. Duffers moving on. Um, there's your uh, 31 point Travis Kelsey performance, which we've seen multiple times now. Russell Wilson always gets you solid points and just some solid performances across the board. And then 317, you know, a couple of guys stepped up, Stefan Diggs, Kyler Murray, but uh, Kamara as well. When you're starting Le'Veon Bell, Nelson Aguilar actually got to 21, which is uh, an early Christmas present, I would have to say. Um, but again, Raheem Mostert, Le'Veon Bell, these are not championship winners. Even Zach Ertz this year, disappointing. Uh, and then only getting one point out, Justin Houston's got to hurt. Um, so it didn't feel like a championship caliber roster, and uh, that's probably why he's going home. Even on the Duffer side of things, you can see the holes. You're not going to get 12 points every week out of Tim Patrick on three catches. Just so happens he get he got a touchdown. Same thing with Cole Beasley. Um, even though he just catches one-yard passes, and that'll get you to 10 points. Um, it just feels like a hole in that roster. And again, Miles Sanders is not going to get you 30 every week, um, not in that offense. So, and then uh, Michael Thomas is out this week as well. So we'll, we'll see how that goes for the Duffers this week, but they're moving on. Steel City uh, drew uh, Carla as the remaining two teams in PP. I was actually super on board with Carla. Um, I forget where uh, Haji and Mike landed on their picks for this game. Um, I thought Collar was going to win this game. I thought this was going to be a solid performance. Um, quite possibly her lowest scoring output of the year um, in this performance year. James Conner has just not been getting it done recently. Um, about the only person who did get it done for her team was DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, even then, I think he was kind of slow starting, and he came on um, in the second half there. Um, everyone else put up single-digit performances on her offensive side of the ball. Um, save for the two quarterbacks. Um, over on Steel City side, he's been super hot recently after a slow start to the season. 
Lamar Jackson just on a tear. Tyreek Hill going nuts. Mike Gesicki, always a risky start, but uh, it paid off this week, and I think he's hurt for this week, actually. So we'll see where he goes with that. Uh, Teron Johnson, Mike Hilton getting some solid performances. Jabril Peppers as well. Um, and again, you look down these rosters here. Carlo left a lot of points on her bench, but I guess when you have a 50-player bunch, that's going to happen too. So um, Steel City moving on to this one. Over on the RR side of things, uh, the Blitz called out the Vipers. And uh, good thing they did. If they would have called out the Gators, they would have lost last week. Um, the Mighty Blitz. Um, but 400 points is going to get it done for you almost any week in any matchup. Um, Aaron Rodgers, great performance. Preem Hunt, second time seeing him. Tyreek Hill, second time seeing him. Sheldon Richardson, we've seen him a few times today. Um, then Cameron Curl, again, uh, 39.6 points. And then over on the Vipers side, you know, 350 is a solid performance. Just 34 and 30 out of both of his quarterbacks. Uh, so it, it was quite a much bigger gap before that that Monday night game where uh, he got basically 64 points out of his quarterbacks alone. Um, again, just the defense not getting it done for him. DJ Shark not stepping up this week. Um, did leave 30 points worth of Miles Sanders on his bench, which has to hurt. Um, it wouldn't have gotten him all the way there considering the swap probably would have been Miles Sanders for Hilaire. I would have to believe, um, even if it was Miles Sanders for Shark, though, that wouldn't have gotten him all the way there. Um, maybe if you picked the right IDPs, Deron Payne in this case, you would have gotten to 400, but the same could be said for Mike as well. So um, good performance from Mike, uh, probably the preseason favorite to win um, the minor leagues and uh, getting it done here. But we'll move on to what might just be the best team in RR at this point, and not just because they put up the highest score last week, but that is uh, Mike and the Gators, who uh, took down Arsenic, um, Haji and the Arsenic, 409 to 344. Um, just a ridiculous performance out of Mike's team. Again, we saw that 430 out of Greg, but uh, 409 is, is quite, quite the performance. Um, even though Marvin Jones only got you eight, Travis Kelsey, might have seen him in all four teams. Duffers, Gators for sure. And I think we saw him on both the main league teams too. So that might be every winner has has Travis Kelsey this week. Um, which makes sense. He's about the only viable tight end, it seems like, except for maybe Darren Waller, who's kind of come on. Um, Derek Henry, great performance. David Montgomery. Even though last week I think Mike was kind of, you know, back and forth on the Montgomery trade. Um, I think Montgomery's really coming into it right now, and he, he's looking really good just in time for the playoffs. Uh, Hopkins always going to give you solid points, and again, the defense is just rock solid. Defensive backs combined give you 85 points. Um, you know, you got to love to see that. Um, over on Haji's side of things, uh, Terrell gets you 33, and Jalen Smith at defense gets you 25. Um, solid performances on the offense as well, right? Russell Wilson's always going to get you points. Devontae Adams is always going to get you 20 plus. Uh, DK Metcalf, too. Um, but Hayden Hurst dropping only two points. Uh, Buda Baker kind of lets you down on defense. And, and Todd Gurley in the Falcons just looking awful. Um, see if any substitutions he could have made. AJ Green never would have played him. Um, and besides for that, there's really not much he could have done. 
just ran into the Gators team. And I'm sure if Haji had his way of call-outs, uh, he would have probably have called out the Vipers um, and still would have lost in this case. But <laughs> that would have been a more exciting way to lose because um, Haji probably would have been up big. And then the Vipers with the 60-point performance of the quarterbacks on a Monday night would have taken him down. Um, so 344, the lowest score in RR this week. Um, again, we said this last week, the three best teams might be in RR. And uh, I would still believe that. I'd still put that to the test between Gators, Blitz, and uh, and the Arsenic. Um, and I think Duffer is rounding out the four. Um, so again, we'll hop over to the matchups for this week because that's what ultimately matters is, is who's left fighting. And we got the Duffers in Steel City. Um, Duffer's slight edge in this one, 314 to 305. 12 points from Carlson last night, the kicker. Um, 16 points for uh, Steel City out of Linval Joseph and uh, 20 from Josh Jacobs. So, solid performances all around. That's what you would expect from those types of players. Gonna have to sub out Hollywood. He's got COVID. Melvin Gordon, questionable. Even if he plays, I don't know if I'd play him. <laughs> and starting Jalen Rieger there in offense. Let's see if he has any substitutions he can make. He could throw Kuti in there. He's actually kind of a risk, but uh, he's a number one receiver, so he's got that going for him. Uh, Antonio Gibson will not be playing this week. And uh, Gesicki is questionable and, and always an iffy start, um, even after last week's performance. So um, still Civi pl playing with a few gaps, and maybe I've been saying this for weeks now. I can't remember, but it just doesn't feel like a championship team to me. And uh, I know he's been hot lately. I think he put up 400 one week, but uh, I don't know if that's going to get it done this week against Frankie. A couple questionable guys on defense. Um, not sure if they're going to be playing or not, but uh, solid uh, defense projections all around. Um, and, and Wide only gave him four points last week in his 350-point uh, win, so um, ceiling could have been a bit higher um, for Frankie as well. Starting Tim Patrick, Cole Beasley again, Robbie Anderson. Uh, again, we just talked about all these guys. Looks like he's putting in Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon this week. Um, not sure who we uh, who we took out to make those changes. Let's see if we can identify it down here. Looks like Gurley on his bench, Sterling Shepard on his bench, um, and Michael Thomas. That was one of the swaps because we talked about him. Yeah, Dalton Schultz on his bench as well. He's been a solid starter. Um, again, I can't remember all the changes that uh, that uh, Frankie and uh, Still City have made since last week. But uh, definitely swapping Thomas out is one of them. Um, even though it's only a 10-point edge here to the Duffers, I, I think the Duffers take this one down. Um, just feels like the better team all year round. Um, wasn't they were they were in the the talk in the preseason? I don't think they were the the odds-on favorite to win PP. But here we are at this point in the season, and they just feel like the strongest team remaining in that conference. Um, a lot more parity, I think, than I personally would have expected. Um, I expected that conference to be a bit top-heavy, but uh, turned out to be uh, pretty even overall. You know, so Duffer's even sitting here with the same record as Leone, 8-4, and four, but uh, just feels like the much stronger team at this point in the season. So we're going to give the edge to Frankie there, and we'll hop over to, uh, to the matchup I'm most looking forward to. Um, I think it's the two best teams left in, in the uh, minor leagues. Um, is the Blitz and the Gators. And uh, Blitz projected a slight edge, 349 to 338. Um, 
no no players yet over the Thursday night game, so we're starting fresh at zero to zero. Again, we'll try to identify um, the changes that have been made since last week. Um, I don't remember talking about AJ Brown, but I assume he is probably in my starting lineup. Gronkowski starting at tight end. Um, again, that's probably the same as well because he doesn't really have anyone else down here to start. Um, so quite possibly the same lineup for uh, for Mike as last week. Um, and again, it gave him 400 last week. So we'll see where it takes him this week. No Julio Jones for Mike. Um, big loss. Got to miss him for the playoffs. Even if Julio was playing, though, I don't know if I trust him. Falcons, you know, what have they got to play for at this point? Sure, Tampa's a division rival. I think the last three games of their season, all interdivision games, um, and I forget, it, it goes Tampa and, and then another game and then back to Tampa. Um, and again, the Falcons sitting there after what has to be a disappointing season for them. Coach got fired. Matty Ice is getting old. And uh, with town on their roster, they got to have expected better uh, of themselves. So, you know, the Falcons seems like that team at the moment that's just going to let you down and, and give up and kind of roll over. Um, so... Not excited about starting any Falcons players, even Calvin Ridley, who is basically the only guy to throw to at this point. It, again, just doesn't feel super inspiring. Uh, but maybe they'll turn around for next season, and uh, you know, Mike would be happy about that, even though he's probably going to lose every single one of these starters that we're looking at right now. Um, but anyway, we'll look at the Gators side, who, you know, might is probably the most hottest team at this point of the season, you know, possibly the most talented as well. Um, projected 338, trying to see again if he swapped out anyone from last week. He's got Tungan in there as tight end. I believe that is a, uh, a change from last week. Um, Marvin Jones was in the lineup last week, and now it's Robert Tungan. I mean, I think that's actually something Mike brought up on the show that he was kind of debating in his head. Didn't make the change for last week, and uh, now he's making it this week. Let's see real quick what Tunyon put up last week. See if that was a warranted change. Yeah, so Tunyon put up 17, mostly driven by touchdown production, which I don't think is sustainable. But, you know, 17 versus I think you got eight or nine out of Marvin Jones. So the, the swap is warranted, I guess, in that case. Um, no other changes on the offense. Defense is kind of hard to tell, but... Um, Again, both of these uh, owners kind of rolling out the same laps from last week, which gave them 409 and 400, respectively. Um, so not sure if we're going to see quite that high of a performance. Um, of course, MFL is never going to project that high, but um, certainly going to be the matchup to watch. Probably the closest matchup, probably the most exciting back and forth. Um, in terms of how this dynamic is going to go, I see right now Mike has all of his players um, done by Sunday night. Whereas, I just realized both of these owners are named Mike. Um, so, Mike of the Gators has all of his players done by Sunday night. Uh, whereas, Mike of the Blitz um, is going to have a couple of Monday night performances between TJ Watt, who might get you 10 sacks, and just completely annihilate, you know, any, uh, any you know, if you need a comeback, just throw TJ Watt in your lineup and he might get all the sacks in the world. Uh, also got Mike Hilton as well, who I think had a 20-plus point performance last week. Um, so a couple of guys there on defense that uh, it's going to help the Blitz get a bit of a boost on Monday night. So 
could be a nervous one for both teams. Um, personally, I'd have to pick the Gators in this one. Um, just look like the hottest team, you know, might seem like the chalk pick because he scored the most points last week, but just just feels like a more solid team all around. Maybe it's my my hate for Rob Gronkowski or, or AJ Brown. Um, again, we can pick up the holes in uh, the Gators lineup too, right? Tim Patrick just feels like an awful player to have in your lineup at this point in the season. Robert Tunyon too. I'm not sold on that. Uh, that touchdown production is is just not sustainable. Uh, but the running backs are rock solid. The receivers are good. Um, the defense feels like he has a better defense, um, even though Blitz has kind of those up and down players, right? J.J. Watt might be up. T.J. Watt might be, you know, giving you a great performance. Um, going to be close. It, it's going to be close. Um, but again, end of the day, my, my, my picks are Mike of the Gators uh, versus uh, Frankie of the Duffers to kind of battle it out in the championship. Um, and I, I think whoever whoever the RR ends up sending is going to be the winner of this one. Um, but as we discussed at the beginning, the Three strongest teams um, in roster wars are probably in the main league this season, the Africans um, and the Nightmare and the Goon Squad, maybe even four of the Dragons as well. Um, you want to put them in there. Um, so much more parity on the minor league side of things. Um, going to be interested to see just how these matchups play out and how it kind of goes from here. Um, but other than that, that has been the podcast for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed um, and uh, and good luck, and I'll see you next week.